Thanks for listening to the Q&A podcast from River's Edge Church in Spokane, Washington. For more information or to gather with us on Sundays, visit our website at respokane.org. We hope this message is impactful for you and others as we pursue the way of Jesus together. Hello and uh, welcome back to the River's Edge Q&A podcast. Um, We are, as many of you know, if you're tracking with us on Sundays, uh, we are uh, right in the kind of first pages of the book of Genesis. And we've been exploring as a community, hey, what do the first verses say? Uh, What does the first chapter say? Uh, Where do we find ourselves in terms of the tension of science and faith? Uh, Are uh, science and uh, faith sort of naturally at odds with one another? And if not, um, why do we sense a conflict? It seems to be one of the driving questions of our culture right now. Um, and especially as people come to the Bible and go to open scripture, what they often encounter is the first um, page or two or three in the opening chapters of Genesis. And immediately the questions come flooding in in terms of uh, how does this fit with science? Are science and faith uh, at odds with one another? Can I be involved in both? And so we recently uh, sort of tackled that question on a Sunday to some degree. Uh, But uh, a lot of the questions that we receive are uh, about those topics. And so what we wanted to do is uh, use a couple of our uh, Q&A podcasts uh, to dive a little deeper into that subject and kind of explore the intersection between science and faith. Um, What is the tension? Where do we sense the tension? Uh, How do you live in that tension? And uh, I kind of have my own uh, story, which I'll share a little bit about. Um, But I'm also here uh, with two of uh, the guys from our church, uh, Kelly Walters and uh, Matthew Krauske. And uh, they are both uh, science teachers. And so you, and, and all three of us are, um, I would describe as sort of passionate followers of Jesus and mm-hmm. uh, people who love the word of God and, and see it as authoritative. Uh, and, and yet you're, you know, uh, worshiping Jesus on Sunday and then heading into work on Monday mm-hmm. uh, and teaching out of science textbooks in, in public schools. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of started the conversation last week and just sort of, sort of saying, hey, how do you guys, um, you know, li- live in that tension? And what do you think? Uh, about the whole science uh, and and debate contra- or science and, and faith controversy uh, that we currently are experiencing in our culture, and I think that conversation will be worth continuing. Uh, but before we sort of dive into maybe more of the historical tension uh, between uh, sort of the science world and the church world, uh, I wanted us to start by uh, just each kind of uh, introducing ourselves. And uh, just giving some version of uh, your story. So how did you become uh, interested or passionate about science? Um, how did you become interested or passionate about following Jesus? Which one came first? Um, have you felt uh, tension in, in the journey that you're on? And how did you get to this place uh, of being someone who's passionate about Jesus um, and yet uh, in the public schools every day uh, teaching out of science textbooks? So. Kelly, maybe if you want to go first. Okay, my name's Kelly, uh, and I have been teaching science uh, in Spokane for 35 years, which makes me sound, I know, really old, but I started when I was very young. 
was 10 or so, as I recall. <laughs> um, and so, um, so I've been teaching it for a long time. And, um, and it's, it's interesting what Matt was talking about earlier is that uh, people uh, throughout the years have asked me when they knew that I was a believer in God and that I was a science teacher, uh, both people who were maybe secular, uh, who, who were not believers, and also people who were <clears throat> Christians would just find it curious that I would have both of those. And I think their thought was, you must have to all of a sudden put God in a box or, or shut down your theology and then go in and switch gears and be a teacher of science. Right. Or There's maybe like, they're forcing you to teach something yes, that you and really you have don't to, Yeah, and I'm just, whatever. yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, grading and, and uh, str- straining to, to do this thing I don't believe. And, and yet, um, I've actually felt like through the, the time I've been a teacher that um, as I've studied more and more, my I think it's informed uh, both pursuits. I think pursuit of the Word of God and theology, I think, has informed my understanding of science and mm. study of science has informed my understanding of God. And so mm. it hasn't been, uh, even though there's you know certainly times that there's been challenges, uh, it hasn't been a... Um, a kind of a schizophrenic split of being able to, it's kind of like, to me, um, in some areas, particularly like in evolution, we'll talk about that at some point, um, I think I've done a better job uh, compared to a lot of secular teaching um, of teaching about evolution. And we'll talk about that, that later. For, mm-hmm. But that being an example that, that I think because I'm able to think um, critically that and I can teach my students to think critically that's been I think better I think they, they know the theory better and, and so forth but yeah. um, but as background I became a Christian as um, I didn't grow up in the church but became a Christian when I was a, a young boy through some um, in, uh, influence at a YMCA camp uh, and uh, about the same time I was getting really interested in science I remember my first speech in fourth grade hmm. was about prehistoric men <laughs> and I had all these diagrams, and then I was trying to relate how prehistoric at that time Sasquatch was a big, big deal, <laughs> and so I was kind of a hype, you know had this hypothesis that maybe Sasquatch was this you know missing link, and oh, right. and I remember I made this speech in fourth grade, mm-hmm. and it was one of those things that I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but. It was way over the top, probably for the typical fourth grade speech. <laughs> and, and afterwards, so the other fourth grade kids said, "Wow, you are, you sounded like a science teacher or something," you know. I was like, and I didn't think at the time that yeah, that's what I was going to be doing, but you know, that kind of showed my interest, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then I in, in college, I ended up um, uh, becoming a uh, general science major, partly because I was interested in, in some other things and, and had to find the quickest path to a degree at, mm-hmm. at one point I decided to be a teacher. And so becoming a general science major was that path. But what was great about general science is that I had to take a pretty much an equal amount of biology and chemistry and geology mm. uh, and, and even a whole year of astronomy. And so I got a, a, a real good uh, plus physics in high school. So I got a real good uh, mix of sciences. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I was really growing in my faith. I did start going to church in college mm-hmm. and um, started growing my faith and started reading a lot of books uh, about uh, kind of the, the philosophy books, uh, Christian worldview books, um, and many of those were not opposed to science and kind of showed some of the history of science. And so it, in, in, in the process of learning about theology and learning about science, I, I 
just again felt like they informed each other. Mm -hmm. And so it, it, I felt like my faith in college actually, and partly I took a class. It was through a Christian think tank. It was a it was a Christian. Well, it was a it was a Western worldview class, but particularly focusing from the lens of Christianity. It was a mm -hmm. it was a great course. And I came out of there rather than feeling shaky in my faith. I came mm -hmm. in there feeling this is the most this this Christian faith is the most logically you know uh, coherent, uh, uh, beautiful worldview that the pieces of the puzzle all fit together. Mm -hmm. And I like I love that quote by C.S. Lewis, who's one of my my heroes um, in his writing. Um, and, and if I misquote it, maybe you can correct me. But he said, I you know I believe in in um, in Christianity, in the same way that I believe in the in the sun, not just because I can see it when it rises, but because of it, I can see everything else. Mm. And and that that's just to me a beautiful encapsulation of what faith can do because it gives a uh, it gives it answers some of those questions of purpose and meaning, but it also allows us to not be fearful of mm -hmm. asking questions. Yeah. And searching, and the more I learned about the, the the history of science and the philosophy of science, I found out that the roots of science were kind of this op open inquiry, mm -hmm. this um, this search, which we'll talk about later. But to discover the laws of God, mm. knowing that yeah. believing that there's laws out there, there's wonder mm -hmm. to explore right. that God has created for us to explore, which is I think kind of the roots right. of some of the original scientific uh, revolution. So, mm. so that's me. Um, I am still teaching. I'm only teaching part-time right now, but still teaching. And this year they handed me physics for the first nice. time. So you're yes. a biology teacher and awesome. a physics and teacher. And physics. Okay. And so I'm teaching it for the first time, so I'm going to have to call Matthew up when I can't oh, solve some yeah. equations. We'll yes. see. Yes. Yeah, I'll try to be yes. helpful. But it sounds like from your your path, you just at a, a young age seemed to latch onto both. Yes, kind and of it was kind of developed in both and, and was reading both. Right. And you, it sounds like you you almost never felt attention. Um, did you? Did no, you? Only in, no, only when people were challenging, you know, with, only when I heard challenges from one side or, or the other or kind of this how can you oh and, okay so yeah, you feel and, like you just you know had both books open so to speak yes exactly felt like everything was flowing together fine but it was actually more of the cultural debate someone would yeah. jump in from a cultural debate and say well what about this or what yeah. about yeah and, and at times you know i've obviously questioned about mm -hmm. about oh, right. things question yeah. about genesis yeah. question about uh, the age of the earth uh, but I question with from perspective that I also love this quote um, that I shared with you guys the other day that all truth is God's truth. And so mm -hmm. I love yeah. or that axiom. So I love this idea that in, in, and that's part of science. We, science should not be um, the, the philosophy of science is, is it's not um, afraid to look at evidence, you know. Mm -hmm. And so in the same way, I was not afraid to look uh, at least I valued not being afraid to look at evidence mm -hmm. to wherever it would take me. Right, and so I think that uh, allowed me to not um, to not feel uh, snowed under by by controversy. Um, and then I've ended up finding myself kind of in the middle of debates at time, and literally have challenged people on both kind of sides mm -hmm. of the issue at right. times in yeah. some very overt ways. Challenged their their thinking, mm -hmm. but on both sides. I mean, challenged some Christians with their totally. thinking, yeah. and also challenged some some uh, atheists with their thinking. Yeah. And so it's been funny kind of being in the middle of the, yeah. you know, right. kind of the tug of war times. Totally. But I like what you said about fear and that mm -hmm. for you, it wasn't this schizophrenic or anxiety racking thing because you just said, Hey, whatever the truth is, that's the truth. So yeah. let's just kind of have this open exploration and inquiry. Mm -hmm. And 
um, you found that in uh, the scriptures and in science mm-hmm. at the same right. time. So, and and I think the more, and then I've studied, you know, just really challenging questions uh, about science of faith. I think what's been beautiful is that the 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 challenges have led to a sense of greater confidence hmm. rather than greater insecurity. Right. And I'm right, sure right. about some of that. Another yeah. point. Totally. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Matthew, what about you? Yeah. So um, I'm Matthew Crosscree and my path in life, uh, so to speak, is a little different than it sounds like Kelly uh, Kelly's was. I was raised in the church from a real young age. I remember going to church you know, before kindergarten. And um, then my family, we had some hard times, especially my parents. They fought a lot. And then we, we didn't go to church for a long, long time. But that was still, uh, I had given my life to Christ when I was about five, as I remember it. I got baptized at that point. And so I had um, faith as part of my upbringing. And then it wasn't until about high school that I got you know, quote, serious about my faith, where uh, some of the friends that I made um, invited me to a youth group, and I started going to church again, sort of on my own, uh, and my siblings as well. And science wasn't a particular interest of mine at that point. Um, I, I did all right in um, in school, just in various subjects. Math was actually my favorite subject, not science. Um, but uh, from that, I was exposed to some of the, the more... Um, mainstream interpretations of Genesis and, and young earth creations and things like that. And I was, uh, like I said, very serious about my faith. And so I, I took those things as well. If this is the, what the Bible teaches, mm-hmm. then that's what I believe. Mm-hmm. And instead of believing it because I, I looked at it and asked the questions and made sense of it for myself, I was just kind of told this is, this is what we believe. If you're believe. a Christian, this is yeah. what you believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that was good enough for me. Um, so some of the controversy between faith and science actually started happening about that, uh, age for me in high school, um, because I, I didn't really look at what science was saying at that point. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of, oh, doing my science homework and not really thinking much beyond that. Um, so then I would start talking about, you know, things from a, a young earth creationism perspective and, and finally actually saw that there was controversy there, um, between, what people thought science was saying and what people thought or, or mm-hmm. were telling me totally. that, the, that Genesis was saying. And so then I, I, that was kind of the first time I realized there was a, a, a tension there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and still, it, it didn't really shake me much. I just kind of accepted the, the interpretation that I'd been taught and, and everything was fine in my own mind. Um, and then it was actually after graduating high school and um, went to college for a about a year for computer science, figured out that was boring, <laughs> at least for me. <laughs> I was working two jobs to try to go to school full time and it was just too much. And I, this isn't, this isn't the path. So I took a lot of time off of school and worked and traveled and did all these things. And then when I came back to school, um, it, I'm not sure exactly how it happened, but it was around that point that I started actually viewing the world more critically and um, viewing even even biblical questions more critically, and, and I don't mean negatively, but just asking those questions right. from a more analytical yeah, perspective. Yeah, exactly. Dig in and kind of diving in and, and asking yeah. those questions for myself, and saying, "Okay, can I make sense of this?" Instead mm-hmm. of just accepting mm-hmm. um, 
what's taught from others, you know. And so I, I went back to school just at, at the falls and I took an intro biology course there. And when we got to um, DNA replication, mm. you know, my mind was just absolutely blown. <laughs> um, I realized that I loved science. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just all the, the enzymes and the timing and the, yeah. everything that's involved with, with a simple process that we take for granted, like DNA replication. You know, mm. it happens in all of our cells and all of our body almost all the time. Mm. And it is so complex i mean it makes for hard science tests but it's also <laughs> just you know it's it's amazing you can't right. help but but see that learn about that and just stand in wonder right you know of, of this thing that's happening inside my body yeah. individual cells in my body mm -hmm. and then you look at the complexity from there scaling upward all the way to the cosmos yeah. you know right. um so then i'm I, I started watching debates on on science and science faith issues and um, there, there was definitely seemed to be um, some tension, and and I'm thinking, well, what's what's going on here? Because these things I'm being taught about and and reading in my book, like they seem logical and they seem like we we can see these things happening, right? So what's what's the deal between science and and the Bible or science and faith? And so I did a lot of exploring and, and looking at uh, watching YouTube and podcasts and all mm -hmm. these things. And it over time, God just sort of brought this idea to me. And, and I don't know if I pulled this from somewhere. So um, <laughs> copyright. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, disclaimer there. <laughs> but um, like Kelly was saying, all truth is God's truth. And, and if the Bible is, is true and error free and, and God is real, then this world that he's created should reflect that. Mm -hmm. And and we should be able to trust our, our senses and our observations of the world that we live in that he's created for us. Mm -hmm. And his his book that he gave to us should also be completely true. Mm -hmm. yeah. So in the end, they, they should not have any conflict because they have the same author. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so the the controversy or the tension i think really comes from when we start interpreting each of those mm -hmm. and yeah. so my uh the way i look at it is that uh <clears throat> there's god's world and god's word mm -hmm. and they both are god's truth he made them both but when when people start interpreting god's world we call that science and trying to explore it and figure it out and when people start interpreting god's word we call that theology. Mm. And so since we have our own interpretation and we're involved in those processes, they do conflict sometimes. Mm -hmm. and, and we try to resolve those um, the best we can. But the, the more I look at it, the, the more harmony I see between them, mm -hmm. especially if we seek those answers more mm -hmm. deeply and just open the conversation mm -hmm. rather than sticking uh, dogmatically to one interpretation mm -hmm. of science or one interpretation of, of mm -hmm. the Bible. But Right. Allowing them to be hand in hand. And that's right. kind of where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. And I love the way you said that, that God created the world and God gave us his word. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And but we're imperfect interpreters of both. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's the point. And, and I think that 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 kind of starts us in this place of humility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Of right. saying like, wow, like we love the world that God created and we love studying it and learning from it. 
and we love uh, the scriptures and interpret them to the best of our ability. Uh, but if there's anything that we can learn from history, it's yes. that we've never interpreted either one both yes. perfectly, right? Yeah, yeah, like absolutely. you look at like the, the history of scientific theories and yeah. and people of that day and age said, oh, this is it. This is how it works. It's a flawless theory. Um, and 100 years later, it's like completely debunked mm-hmm. or, or less than that. And so yeah. um, you see that on the scientific side. And I think you see that on the biblical interpretation side as well. Mm-hmm where we've had have had certain interpretations of scripture or even Genesis itself uh, and just kind of said, well, this is the way it is. And so you have people on one side saying, if you're a scientist, if you're truly a scientist, yeah. you believe then you this. have to believe Absolutely. X, Y, and Z. And then right. you have people on the other side saying, well, if you're truly a Christian, you have to believe X, Y, and yeah. Z. Uh, and then you have people in the middle saying, well, actually, I'm, I'm both and I don't sense the same tension that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think I actually have to believe all of the X, Ys, and Zs that you've put on your list. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, that right. we come in with this sort of humility of saying we're imperfect interpreters of both yeah. of yeah. both worlds. I want to, can I just, I want to add something um, kind of to, not to retract, but to clarify something I, I was saying earlier. I was talking about how I didn't really see a conflict or I just was able to kind of har- harmoniously look at both. Mm-hmm. But I did that with a lot of help, meaning, oh, right. meaning I had this basic assumption that God's world was, you know, the world was going to give, the, the, the scientific exploration was going to lead to truth and that God's word was true. So I, I started with that assumption. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't that I could put all the pieces together or had all the research or the expertise. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I bet, yeah, especially in college and then after college, I did a lot of reading mm-hmm. of, you know, of, and, and both secular things, but but also from, from Christians who mm-hmm. would, who were a lot smarter and a lot more informed <laughs> and whatever, who had studied that and had, or had studied deeply and then had um, could intelligently make the uh, make the connections and show integration or show what uh, <clears throat> what science is saying or why it actually can support faith mm-hmm. and so forth. So, so I don't want to give the impression that I figured it all out right, yeah, right, just right. on my own. Right. And there's great resources out there. Mm-hmm. Great. And and there's there's resources that may not be so good, but mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt to, you know, check them out. That sounds like what you yeah. did a lot. Yeah. Through watching absolutely. videos and so forth and right. watching debates. Yeah, and, so and trying to look at them yeah. you know, with that critical eye and see and mm-hmm. you can hopefully judge if they're good or yeah. poor sources. Um, and what strikes me about both of your stories is that you did the work. Because mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of us who just kind of like from a distance here kind of, oh, well, this must be the tension and now I have to decide science or faith and, you know, science has better evidence or whatever the thing is. And we kind of, we don't actually take the time to sit in the controversy and mm-hmm. wade through it and kind of push through to the fruit on the other side sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so I think the fact that both of you guys were willing to sit in it um, with that sort of humility that says, hey, at the, the end of the day, it's all from God. Mm-hmm. So it, it, let's sort through some of our imperfect interpretations of both and mm-hmm. let's kind of like get to the bottom of this. Uh, and I think a lot of people aren't willing to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm really impressed by that as well. Um, but um, yeah, I, I guess I'll share a little bit of my story. Um, and I was struck by your story, Kelly, because you said that you first fell in love with science in the fourth grade. <laughs> and that was my that was my story. Um, so I grew up a little bit different. I grew up in um, what I would call kind of a, a secular atheist home. Uh, and it wasn't like anti-Christian. And, and there's sort of this like anti-Christian atheist uh, attitude out there. It wasn't that by any means. Um, but we never went to church. We never talked about God. And it was more of this like, the hey, be open-minded 
uh, about everything and try and show respect to people from different faith backgrounds. But it was almost like in the background, like, yeah, but we kind of know that, you know, God's just a myth and, but just be polite to them anyhow, yeah. sort of a thing. And so, uh, I was raised in that, uh, environment, um, but also taught to be very open-minded and very inquisitive. And so, uh, we, my, my parents did a great job of teaching us to just love learning and love asking questions and, and seeing, just chasing down their answers and seeing where it leads. And so um, from a very young, it was fourth grade, actually, I had a teacher named Mr. A. Uh, Mr. A was my science teacher, and he uh, just loved science. And he loved, he would get so passionate about centrifugal force and like all, whatever you teach a fourth grader, you know, was like. (laughs) You were probably the only one who got passionate or who who enjoyed learning about that. Maybe, but he was, I don't know, but he was so passionate (laughs) that he like stirred up a passion in me. And I said, wow, this is amazing. Like the world is an amazing place. And so um, I, from that, from fourth grade forward, I love science. It was hands down my favorite subject. And as soon as I like got into high school and was allowed to kind of start choosing my schedule, I was like maxing out like my science classes and just loved it. I just, I, 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 yeah, I, I couldn't get enough. And so um, that was kind of my uh, trajectory. And I'm kind of already uh, growing up, had this dual interest in uh, science, but also in the law. And so kind of as I was working my way through high school, thought, hey, I what if I could combine those and just be an environmental lawyer? So um, I went off to college um, looking to major in science and then eventually go on to law school and kind of combine them both. And uh, so that's what I did. I went off to college. Um, I uh, immediately jumped into, I had done running start. So I kind of had a bunch of credits. I got to jump straight into all my general requirements were satisfied through high school. So I jumped into college and went straight into like maxed out science schedule. uh, And I majored in ecology. So again, it was kind of more of a general science, like learn Mm -hmm. how systems function together, Mm -hmm. but also how cells work and biology and Mm -hmm. and chemistry. And you kind of had to take a little of everything. Uh, And I loved it all. And and while I was in college, as as a freshman in college, uh, I got invited to a men's Bible study that was just on campus. um, And I don't know why, but I said yes. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I'll just... I'll just go, you know, I was like, you know, fr- you know, fresh out of high school. I just like, I just want to like try new things and just kind of mix it up a bit. And so I went, but I had like virtually no background. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I don't own a Bible. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Like, I don't know how you arrived at the conclusions you arrived at. Uh, but I had this inquisitive background. And so, and these guys were really gracious and just let me ask tons of questions. And so it's kind of like, hey, what are you what are you reading? What's that book called? Where did you get it from? How can you trust it? How do you, you know, why do you believe in God? How can you, can you prove that God exists? You know, just all of these right. sort of like hard pressing questions. And they did their best to answer them. Um, and, but it created this environment where um, I did feel really safe to ask questions. And eventually it was in that environment that I, that I encountered God. And then I kind of had this moment of coming face to face with Jesus and, and I'm feeling his call on my life and saying, yeah, whoa, like you're alive, you're real. uh, And I want to follow you. And so that was kind of how I came into it. Uh, And here I am with all of the science background, but then you encounter Jesus, you encounter the reality of God. And for me, it completely rocked my world. Like, like all the assumptions, because if you, if you grow up in an atheist environment, uh, it's not that like science is inherently evil, but that's the only means that you have to answer the questions of life. Mm -hmm. Every human being is saying, how did I get here? Where am I headed? What's the Mm -hmm. purpose of my life? What happens after I die? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who am I? Um, and 
if you start with the assumption that, you know, God's not around, then you kind of have to look to science to answer those. And you say, well, I guess, you know, I came here by accident and I arrived here through evolution. And because life is an accident, I have no purpose. I might as well make the most of it and have fun. Um, and yet somehow we're also drawn to being moral as well. And when you actually dig deeper into any of those phenomena, mm -hmm. even evolution itself, you say, well, wait a second, that's not a, you know, as straightforward as, as it was presented to us to be. Um, but I had, I use science to answer the questions of life. Right. And so then I come to the scriptures and to Jesus and I say like, I've never encountered anything so real. Um, and I kind of swung the other way and maybe a little bit like you, Matthew, just mm -hmm. kind of had this, well, it looks like the opening pages of scripture say that, you know, the universe was created in seven days. And by the end of those seven days, we had the first human and it really wasn't that many thousands of years between the first human and us today. Mm -hmm. And so, and so the world must be quite young. Um, and I had no problem believing in that. Um, even with all of the science background, I thought, well, if the if the scriptures are true, and if that's actually what it's saying, um, then that has to be true, and and, and perhaps God created the world to um, look very old, mm -hmm. and you know, um, kind of you know, we just like jumped into this process where things are changing very slowly, but that process actually started, you know, not very long ago. And, and so I reconciled them, but from that kind of point forward, it was, no, the scriptures are true. And so now, from, now I'm looking back and saying, well, I'm much more skeptical of scientific claims than I am of, of the scriptures. And it was only moving on from there uh, that I began to be introduced to other resources and other interpret uh, other interpretations of Genesis, and because Genesis one became the tension point, mm -hmm. I didn't really see any other tension point aside from um, the age of the Earth and, and evolution. Mm -hmm. uh, everything else was like, no, it's all awesome and it all glorifies God and, and whatever. Um, but those two uh, questions, which we'll talk about in, in future podcasts, kind of became the, the sticking point. What about the age of the earth and what about evolution? Because chapter one doesn't seem to describe it that way at all. Um, and, and so I, went, I moved forward in uh, studying the Bible and becoming an environmental lawyer and, and all of that. Eventually felt called to become a pastor, uh, which, is, which is what I am now. So I didn't practice environmental law for very long. Uh, but then came into this place of like loving scripture and kind of part of my job was like teaching it to people, um, but still having to this day just a passion and an interest in, in science. And so that's uh, kind of where I'm at, I guess, when it comes to interpretations of Genesis. I think one thing that kind of shows up in that tension is that I had swung to the other side. And so I said, any interpretation of Genesis, which starts with science and then moves into interpreting scripture is suspect for me. Cause I said, you're, you're starting in the wrong place. You always should start with the scripture and really within the bounds of scripture, what, what can we see now? Let's bring that out to science. And so, um, I, I've, I've had this conviction that no science is more trustworthy that are sorry, sorry, scripture, the scriptures are more trustworthy. Well, I almost said that backwards. So the scriptures are more trustworthy than scientific theory. And scientific theory is always changing and maybe we got it wrong and whatever else. But I will stand on the truth of scripture and Jesus is back from the dead. I know that part. So all this other stuff has got to be true too. And so that's kind of how I uh, came into that tension. And it was um, really what started stirring my heart again toward this subject was encountering like Old Testament scholars 
who were just looking within the bounds of scripture and saying like, and just reading like the Hebrew in the original mm-hmm. language and saying, well, actually I think this is what it's saying. Mm-hmm. And I haven't, and, and they're not scientists by any stretch of the imagination. Right. They're just Hebrew scholars and, and people who love Jesus. And they're mm-hmm. saying, well, actually I think there's a, there's actually maybe a better way to interpret Genesis mm-hmm. than kind of the default. That's more accurate that's theologically. More, that's more theologically accurate. Mm-hmm. And that kind of opened the door for me to jump back into um, this intersection of, of science mm-hmm. and faith and saying, wait a second, if that's actually the best way to interpret Genesis, uh, and I was reading guys like John Walton or mm-hmm. um, Sailhammer, or and we can share those, the, the details of those resources later, but really wise uh, Old Testament scholars right. who were saying like, we, we could care less about science. Like, I, I don't care what the science says. It's going to change again anyways, but this is what <laughs> we think the scripture says. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden these light bulbs started going off and saying, whoa, this is cool stuff. Um, and I sort of felt this release of tension that, that I hadn't experienced before. And so mm-hmm. that was kind of my journey leading up to today. Uh, as you can tell, uh, none of the three of us are experts. Yeah. Uh, none of us have PhDs in, in this <laughs> stuff. Uh, and none of us are, are kind of like world renowned, you know, for, for any of this. But um, I would say hopefully we're actually more average like street level, you know, um, just people who love Jesus and, and the scriptures uh, and and stand on on the assertion that they're true and, and authoritative and inspired, mm-hmm. uh, but also have have been in the scientific world and, and lived in that tension. And so mm-hmm. um, that's kind of a little bit about I, you, you have. Another no, thought. I just just oh. in just in thinking of kind of like you said, been to the scientific world, I think it's maybe fair to say that that. Um, I, that for a lot of Christians, perhaps the scientific world is kind of this this scary place that maybe in the back of their mind they're a little afraid. Mm-hmm. If they look too close, it's going to their faith's shaky, right? Or it's going to undermine everything. That maybe totally, and maybe some of our defensiveness, just as the church's defensiveness or whatever, mm-hmm. or even attack, is is kind of this insecurity. Mm-hmm. But so the three of us, though, we can say, even though we're still street level, mm-hmm. um, but we are, I mean, for for all of us are science majors at universities. Right. Yeah. And we for for us, it's been a career teaching and you learn more science when you begin to teach it because mm-hmm. you have to explain it. And then you and you finally pieces come together and it's really exciting as you mm-hmm. t- right, right in the middle of teaching it. You, you make these connections and you truly understand it at a deeper level than you right. did before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. But for us, we've been in the science world, taught the science world, lived in, in, in many respects at a deeper level than the average person. Oh, yeah. And we've been to that country called science mm-hmm. and come back and say, whoa, it, it actually informs uh, and, and our faith supports it. Mm-hmm. And as we'll talk about, the roots of science actually come from it. Mm-hmm. And so, it's, so we don't have to be fearful when you know, if we have a, a child and we're you know, trying to raise them in the faith, and they say, "I'm going to be, I'm interested in going into the sciences," there's mm-hmm. no, we don't need to feel, you know, panic, the panic, mm-hmm. but no, don't mm-hmm. go into that. Although at the same time, there is a hostility in the science community sometimes for mm-hmm. for faith and a misunderstanding at that level too. So it is, it is difficult. But we've been, we've been there at a deeper level in some respects. So I think that's that's um, good. I think for for the listeners just to to realize that, that again, people are surprised that. Well, you teach science, and mm-hmm. you go mm-hmm. to church. Yeah. <laughs> How does that work? Right. 
Yeah. So which one do you really believe? It's yes. kind of like yes. the default of like which in which world are you faking it? You know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like just like walking into church, but like not really thinking about what you're being fed, yes. or are you walking into the science? You know, <laughs> to work. And, 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 yeah, <laughs> into work and and kind of faking it there and, yeah. and presenting stuff you don't really believe. And um, yeah, I I think that. Uh, and, and we'll cut it off here in a few minutes uh, and maybe pick up again next episode with some of the history of the tension. Because yeah. I think it'd be cool to kind of like, hey, let's rewind 500 yeah. years, 1,000 years. Yeah. Um, what True. did the scene look like? Yeah. How did things develop? Um, and and yeah, who, who have been some of the great minds of science? What did they think about it? Uh, but before we um, kind of cut off this episode, just something you were you were saying was, uh, just the just the ability to ask questions, I yeah. think, is is such a huge thing, and you have to be able to do it in the scientific realm, mm-hmm. uh, and you have to be able to do it in in the realm of faith and seeking after Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, I would I would venture a guess that because asking questions is so um, central to science, that the scientific community has actually done a better job of that. Mm-hmm. Um, not that there aren't you know certain dogmatic subcultures within science that say, Hey, don't ask that question. Right. You know, don't question, (laughs) you know, evolution or whatever it is. Uh, It can be dogmatic. Uh, But I think unfortunately what, what, what I've seen, and we can get into history and talk about how true this is, but, but more of the stereotype, even in the modern day is that faith means you show up to church and you don't ask questions. You know, the pastor or the priest, whoever has this authority, they're going to tell you what to Mm -hmm. believe uh, and if you ask questions, well, you know, you know where the door is, sort of, sort of mm-hmm. a mentality. And I've never experienced that. Uh, yeah. Walking into that first Bible study up to today, questions were always kind of encouraged. But I know that's out there. And so I would end um, by just kind of harping again on the importance of asking those questions and sort of chasing down uh, their, their answers. And uh, I was reminded when we were talking, Kelly, of one of my seminary professors uh, was before he became a, a, a seminary professor, he was a nuclear physicist. And wow, he was wow. like on some of these like, you know, crack squads that are like working on this cutting edge stuff within mm-hmm. the nuclear world. And so talking about like world renowned expert, I mean, he was like up there near the top of his field, working with some of the top minds in his field. Uh, and yet here he is going to church and worshiping Jesus on Sunday and all of that. And of course, because of um, his his passion for science, he, you know, his, his boys started to get really interested. And, um, and I, I remember the story he told, he said, I sat down with uh, my my boys when they started getting really interested in in science, and I said like, and he basically said, "Hey, no question is off limits. Like that's the rule. There's Good. no question that's off limits. There's nothing mm-hmm. that you can't ask." Um, and and I think there's such a power in that and such a freedom mm-hmm. in that that speaks into the fear thing that you were talking mm-hmm. about. That no, I can't really open a scientific textbook, or if I do, it's with the assumption that a lot of this stuff is is false or it's propaganda or or whatever. Rather than saying, uh, no, let let's let's open up both books uh, and and ask really good questions about both of them. And, and I think, and, and him, the nuclear physicist and his boys all ended up with careers in science, um, and, and all ended up being passionate followers of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you strike that balance? Well, one of the keys is, is being, having the freedom to ask really good questions, mm-hmm. I think, and saying, Hey, that's not off limits. If you're curious about it, 
let's talk about it and and not be dogmatic and not just mm-hmm. slap some kind of cheap answer on it and not just tell people to have more faith and stop asking questions but let's chase it down and i think there's something in there um that uh, as we look through history i think we'll see people who were um, great people of faith and you know the fathers of modern science in some mm-hmm. cases um, who had that same mentality of of saying hey if you if you come at this half-heartedly yeah you'll probably get confused you might not believe in god but if you really press in and you really ask the right questions uh, we're confident that you're gonna you're gonna end up over here um, and with this view of god and, and a heart to worship him so um, any final thoughts before we close out the, the episode i think along those lines i've over this journey, I've become more comfortable living in not knowing, Mm. you know, being comfortable asking questions means that you're not always going to have the answers. Mm -hmm. And if you just accept the first answer that comes at you, um, just so that you have an answer, um, Mm. that can be problematic. So, so for me, it was, you know, cause I, I was in uh, a culture, um, where it seemed like in a, in a church culture where it seems like there were certain questions that are off limits. Mm-hmm. And I've certainly experienced that in the, in the science culture too, science classroom, like mm. certain questions are off limits, um, which is against the, the entire idea of <laughs> the, right, the right, scientific right. method. Um, but I've, I've had that, that question we've, we've brought up from both science colleagues and, and Christian friends that are, well, how can you be both? You know, how does it work that they work together? And usually my first response is, well, I don't have it all figured out. Right. Right. Like I, I'm, but I'm comfortable living in mm-hmm. this, this not knowing while I'm continuing to uh, pursue those questions and, and seeking those answers. And, and, and currently, you know, my, my best understanding that I think Kelly, you said something about this, that um, the, the quote from C.S. Lewis, I think it was that through Christianity, through faith, I can see everything more clearly, that sort of thing. And so it, it does explain most of my questions, but then I realize I have more. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've gotten a lot more comfortable just living without the answers sometimes. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's beautiful too, because it runs against the human impulse. Right. To yeah. say, I'm going to sit in ambiguity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to sit in my questions and not latch onto something because mm-hmm. it's an easy answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually what drives some of the dogma of, of the exactly. extreme ends of science and yeah. faith is to you say, on to one. I, I have to be able to explain this. I need an airtight answer. But if anyone pokes at my airtight answer, whether it's, you know, yeah seven day young earth creationism on the one end or, you know, extreme accident in the universe, uh, you know, evolution on the other. If, if you, you find the people on both ends who are dogmatic, who can't stand ambiguity Mm -hmm. or or the fact that any lick of evidence might point to something out, they Mm -hmm. say, I want this airtight answer. So the soon as someone pokes at me uh, or says, wait a second, what about this? You're, it's kind of like, Hey, plug the ears, head in the sand. Like you are, you need to get away from me Mm -hmm. sort of a thing. And that shows to me how, how weak the position must be. If you're Mm -hmm. so afraid, if you're so afraid of a question. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to add that um, the whole there, there's kind of a myth out there about science that that especially I think is taught to the the lay science people you know the high school teacher teaching well basically you know as kids are asking questions well basically science has figured this out especially if they're challenging something like evolution mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. you know they 
they did an experiment in 1950 where they created amino acids from the primordial soup and like mm -hmm. you know and, right. like just, and like oh zap, zap. so it's kind of like we've got it all wrapped up kids right and so it's a myth and answered yes already and yeah. so so science has figured that out there's no questions there's no mystery left mm -hmm. yeah. when actually science a lot of People, a lot of scientists are, have, you know, in recent times have been coming to faith, mm -hmm. not totally. because they've just, you know, closed their ears or closed their eyes, but because mm -hmm. of the science, mm -hmm. because the, as the more we learn about things, the more both complex, like you're talking about DNA, yeah. both complex, um, incredibly complex and, uh, and at the same time, simple and elegant, yeah. mm -hmm. just beautiful, mm -hmm. like this you know how how could this come out of uh, out of random chance oh, and so totally. forth and so so the so in one sense for the people who are really doing the hard science doing the research level the mysteries uh, mm -hmm. in, in some ways we're learning more and more but we're kind of uh, the mysteries in some ways are expanding mm -hmm. and 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 it's becoming more wonderful and more beautiful mm. so rather it's tightly wrapped up and we've basically solved it Oh, right. I mean, you know, we've basically solved the riddles of the universe. Right. And therefore, I mean, just a few years ago, and we can talk about this, but it wasn't, you know, maybe 20 years ago, we discovered that the, the universe that we, everybody knew that had been expanding and that it was obviously slowing down because of the force of gravity, the research started to come in that the universe was actually speeding up. Mm -hmm. and the only problem is we have no force that would, ex we know physics, Right. That it takes a force to accelerate things. Right. There's no, no force that that's, that we can <laughs> that, that we know why that's doing that. Yeah. Right. So they came up with a dark energy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Came mm -hmm. up with a dark energy scientist. Well, what is dark? Energy? Well, they have no idea. It's <laughs> right. like this mystery. <laughs> we know what it does. We, we know no something's going is. on. So the mysteries totally. are, in a sense, are expanding rather than being tightly wrapped up. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so there, there's this mythology that. Okay, well, science has pretty much answered all the questions. Totally. Besides the metaphysical kinds of questions. Oh, oh Just oh, even right. the science questions. But yeah, there, there is, the, there is yeah. this impression that science is closing up the gaps. We almost yes. understand it all. Everything. When in reality, you say, well, every discovery we make begs three more questions. Yes. Exactly. And so the more discoveries we make, the more our questions multiply, yes. the more kind of our wonder and awe, like yes. the, the deeper the rabbit hole goes, so yes. to speak. And Absolutely. And that's beautiful. And so maybe we'll, maybe we'll end with that because I think we're out of time. But it's that idea that science um, is not this, it's not as airtight, perhaps, mm -hmm. as, as we would want it to be. Uh, and, and and neither are our interpretations of Genesis. Yeah. And we'll see that right. too, that like I've, I've studied till I'm blue in the face and I can't find the airtight explanation of Genesis. Yeah. Um, and, and they all point out these different aspects that kind of blow your mind. And so I think um, one good thing to start with when we navigate the tension is saying, back to what you said, Matthew, that, hey, God created the scriptures. God created creation, uh, the, the world, um, and, and there's layers of beauty and complexity to both. And which is evidence in, for that. Yes, for which God. is evidence that God's behind both of them. Yeah. Right? Um, that this Bible is this intricate, beautiful, living book, and then you look in a cell and you say, goodness, that's designed by somebody. Like that, <laughs> you know, that didn't come out of two rocks banging themselves together. So um, I, I think that, but, but we can end by just saying, hey, we, we're coming at all of this with humility. Yeah. Um, that we're imperfect interpretives of both, uh, and that no question should be off limits as we explore these things. So uh, maybe we'll end there. Um, thanks so much for uh, listening, and please continue to uh, text in your questions, and we will do uh, our best to answer them. Thanks, guys.
Thanks again for listening to the Q&A podcast. If you have questions you'd like answered, text in your question to 208-503-3865.